Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Full of frustration. Full of despair. From years of hurt, disappointment, and relegation. Two British football fans have had enough. Canary Bird Elliot Holman and Wanderer Henry Hewitt are in search of glory, pride, passion, in search of silverware. And they found... Major League Soccer. Uh, can you appreciate the effort, please? Because I've just finished a four-hour radio show. Come next door into this studio to basically be tortured by you. Get in! This is the MLS UK show. I have no words. Absolutely no words. Yeah, we're back in the box studio, by the way, so sorry if that sort of distorted a bit. <laughs> yeah, anyway, let's get on with another episode. Yes, we'll be recapping what happened when Orlando played Atlanta United. Can't wait, can't wait. We're also chatting to Ronnie, who is a New York Red Bulls DP. Uh, we have got a wider bay as well, which I'm excited for. Yeah, bringing it back. And of course, five things, predictions and recaps. It's all to come on this episode of the MLS UK Show. Come on, let's have it. It wasn't a great week for you last week, was it? Because <laughs> we, you not only lost the MLS UK Show derby, you also lost in the award we're up for. So um, <laughs> it wasn't great for you. You've been living off the success of Norwich yeah, and Orlando is... had a decent start to the season for them. So uh, it's all come crumbling down. This is why this is my lock screen. Yep, Norwich. So this is why this is my lock screen. Atlanta United. MLS UK show <laughs> Atlanta United lock screen. Yeah. Go on. Come on. Let's have it. Uh, well, first of all, I think we should say that, uh, yes, we didn't win in the football blogging awards. Right. Okay. If we're starting with this, yeah. can I just say... Uh, do you know how before I was like, oh, this is hilarious that we've been nominated for this, blah, blah, blah. Trust me, it was even more hilarious when we turned up and realised that, to be fair, uh, the room was full of actually really good, famous people and 
uh, we were there as well. Yeah, so if you know uh, stuff with like UK soccer, like Arsenal fan TV, they weren't there because they were watching Arsenal, but they sent so many videos back because they won loads of awards. Uh, Man United fan channels were there, Tottenham fan channels, Chelsea fan channels, all the fan channels, and then there was us. And us I think I think well. it really sums it up brilliantly is that we were sat next to a Tottenham Hotspur vlogger. Yeah, uh, and and she was great to be fair, really nice girl. I got chatting to her and. Um, we sort of explained, she said, oh, what do you do? So we explained it. And I said to her, um, oh, you know, we do, we do MLS, um, but kind of from a UK perspective. And it, it, like the, our level of fame in that room could not have been summed up more than when she said, oh, can I put you in my vlog? And we yeah. were like, oh, yeah, great. Like, this is really good. A little bit of promotion. So she starts filming. She gets the camera out. She goes, um, and I'm here with the guys from, uh, what is it, HM, HMS, HL, HL. <laughs> Uh, yeah, MLS. Yeah, M- MLS, Major League Soccer. To be fair to her, her boyfriend sat next to her. Were like, it's it's MLS. You know, it's a, it's an actual league. Uh, but it was <laughs> it's a thing. I promise. Yeah, it was at the Etihad stage, and we had so much fun. Um, thanks if you sent us a nice message on social media. I watched our Instagram stories throughout the night. As uh, well, you saw my drunk face quite early on in a photo. <laughs> Very rosy cheeks. Yeah, it got worse. Um, so, yeah, no, it was a great night and hopefully we can be back next year. But thanks if you voted for us. The last thing on that, I, I did have a great night. The, the last thing I want to say is that as cringy as this sounds, I got in bed around midnight that night and we didn't we hadn't won anything obviously but just going through our twitter was just crazy because everyone had sent us messages going good luck guys like you really deserve it i love listening to your podcast i listen to it when i'm driving in from you know colorado springs to and i'm just like this is this is crazy yeah like and i I know it's i know it's really selfish and i know that like it's just for my own personal gain but i really like hearing where like where you're listening you know like what time of day you're li- it just genuinely intrigues me because the the time difference the the mileage between us and people who are listening over in the states it just fascinates me maybe you're in the uk just let us know where you listen and hopefully enjoy mls uk show because it's it's bizarre that we're here in uh sunny stoke-on-trent today very sunny got yeah. my legs out um and people just enjoy it all over the world i think it's i think it's brilliant now, moving on to my favourite part of the show today. <sighs> Actually, no, it's not quite my favourite part of the show. Because we've got to do the game with a change of name first. And then we're gonna, I'm going to leave you lingering for a bit <laughs> longer. This can't go on any longer. Just get out of the way. Um, do you know on How I Met Your Mother where uh, Barney's going to get slapped by Marshall and he doesn't quite know when? Yeah. This is how I feel right now because I know the inevitable storm is coming uh, regarding Atlanta v Orlando. Well, it's coming very soon, I can promise you. So this is the game where we choose a player who has played in both MLS and the UK and uh, go through his career path, give you a few hints, and you've got to the end of the podcast to guess who it is. Um, I've got one here. I don't know. Have we done this? I don't think we've done this one. No, we've definitely not done this one. Go on. Uh, Right, so this was sent in a few weeks ago. Apologies. Um, We've we've had so many DMs with a football blogging awards thing. I'm, I would have to go back and find it. But this is a footballer who I personally know because he played for Leeds United. You, you know him personally? Well, I'm not personally, but I know him. I know of him. Okay, and that's because of he played for Leeds United, and it was in 2009 to 2011, and that was because I was being Leeds on Football Manager. So that's how I, I know him. I was Leeds once on Football Manager. Once. My longest ever running game on uh, Football Manager. I went from uh, Osasuna to Leeds. Did you? Mm. 
Well, he then went from Leeds in 2011 to Brentford and then Bury, my hometown team, and then Scunthorpe United. So, not really, he didn't really do that well in the UK. Do they play for Colorado Rapids by any chance? No. It just sounds like the terrible run of teams that they would normally get themselves involved in. No, their MLS uh, life was much better. He played for New York Red Bulls, that was in 2015 to 17, played 73 games and scored 16 goals and then signed for Columbus Crew. Uh, last year, played 12 games, one goal. He is American. He's 32, okay? But who is he? Where is he this year? Uh, it doesn't say. I've got no idea. If you have got an idea, tweet us at MLS UK Show. Screenshot where you're up to in the podcast so we know you're not cheating. And it will be revealed a little later on. That's really annoyed me. I don't know who that is. Played for Columbus last year. Yeah. 12 games. Well, 2018. So, yeah, it would have been last year, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, right, Elliot, let's look back at what happened last weekend in MLS. And I think we should start at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It was the MLS UK show derby. It was um, Atlanta United versus Orlando City. And uh, yet again, the five stripes came out on top. Yep. You're, uh, you're not happy with the amount of changes being made, are you? Let's start, yeah, we'll start with the Atlanta game. Atlanta versus Orlando was uh, annoying. Orlando had eight game, eight days off before that game was played. So they didn't need to rotate a lot in my, in my book. The reason that I kind of let the rotation go against Orlando against Atlanta was because they had a midweek game against Seattle and I thought they're obviously going to try and go full strength in Seattle uh, which they then didn't so it is annoying I think it was a very weak side fielded against Atlanta they're MLS Cup champions I think it was a little bit bordering on disrespectful to be fair to Atlanta and I think I don't think either team were particularly good I think that's fair to say um, we lost the game, we deserved to lose the game, but we, we sh- chance creation was incredible. The amount of chances that we created actually surprised me with a with a heavily rotated team. Um, Orlando, uh, Atlanta kept a clean sheet, as they have done for five games in a row. I, I, can't, I can't say any more that that's incredible. That's a club record for them. Fair play. Completely fair play. The thing is, I, like you said, Atlanta deserved to win. I guess in terms of... Um the game maybe they did but I was the amount of chances that Orlando created you've you know that I know Mueller scored in the week and that broke the the duck but you've you've got to look at that as that must be disappointing because it's not like you're not creating anything like at the end of last season you are creating chances and just not putting them away you would have won that I think you would have won that game I didn't see Atlanta scoring another goal I think I think they did well to to create in the final third without the likes of Nani. Obviously, Kleshton didn't play either, uh, wasn't in the squad. So you have to look at that as a positive. However, I think Dom Dwyer is in a serious, serious um, rut. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be able to hit a barn door. And I think creating chances is great, but if you're not going to put them away, we all know stats are irrelevant. It's about putting the ball in the back of the net. It's keeping it simple as that. I could go into loads of technical things. I've done a review of the game. I've looked at a lot of analysis. I'm, but I just want to keep it simple. There's no point in me trying to come up with excuses. We didn't take our chances. I don't think the performance was poor. I think the I think Dwyer's performance was poor in front of goal. 
Um, I don't think Atlanta were great. I think they've been very good at doing what they need to do this season, which is a very different approach. Um, but I'll let you kind of talk about that um, because you'll have you'll have seen more than me. But I just think in terms of in terms of that game itself, I don't have any complaints because you can go on about chance creation, but you you've got to, you've got to score them. Are you worried for Dwyer or is he the guy who he just needs one to go in off his backside and he'll he'll suddenly go on a run? I don't I don't know. I'm you know I love him. You know I love Dwyer. I don't I don't know where I where I am with him at the minute. And it's because he's, he he played for... Well, I didn't play for Norwich, but he was in the uh, Norwich Academy. Uh, so I, I love the fact that he's played for my two my two loves, Norwich and Orlando. I love that. And as soon as he uh, joined us a couple of years ago, I thought this is going to be... Because he was, just, he was so good at SKC. He was so good. I think it's... He's definitely gone off the boil. I don't think he's had a season where we've gone, yeah, Dom Dwyer's, Dom Dwyer's a finished article. That's exactly... You know the the standard we expected. I don't think we've seen that yet. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries this season. Started injured. Now he's started to get a run of games. Just hasn't got that goal. And I I don't know where I stand with him because he seems like he's very much more interested in winding up the opponent, getting physical, getting involved in battles he doesn't need to get involved in. And I just want to see him stick the ball in the back of the net. I can't even tell you that I think when he scores, he'll immediately go and score more. I I, I don't know. I feel like something's not right at the minute. Yeah. What about the week? Uh, the game in the week? Seattle away. Uh, shout out to Nick on uh, who gets in touch on Instagram who just said, sorry, Elliot, hate to do this to you, but get in! Shout out to Nick. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll be honest, I'll take them because, you know, I bask, in my, I bask in my very rare glory. <laughs> um, Mueller got the goal in the end, which was a good finish. Mm. Uh, are you pinning your hopes on Mueller now or...? Uh... Well, he doesn't, again... He doesn't start him. Mueller was one of our best players last season. For some reason, kept getting left out of the start, and it was all like, oh, it's, he's managing minutes. We're managing his minutes. He's, he makes an impact off the bench. He's one of the best players. Just start him. Football's not that complicated. Play your best players. It's as simple as that. Um, he came on and scored. It, it, like The guy deserves a start. And uh, defensively, uh, the second goal uh, was a d- defensive uh, nightmare. Uh, the first goal, Rui Diaz, is was that good attacking play or poor defensive play? Poor defence. Shane O'Neill should not be anywhere near a football. The guy is an absolute embarrassment. Wow. You are really down, aren't you, right now? I'm, I'm just talking honestly. I, I don't... I think there's too many pundits. I don't know what it's like in the states. I see it from the from the MLS the, the MLS pundits on their podcast. Yeah. When it suits them, they're they're all up and and whatever, and then it, then they'll turn it round, and because it doesn't suit the narrative, or whatever. I'd rather just be honest. Orlando City at the minute, I don't I don't really want to go for the players. I think it's the the team selection. The team selection is so embarrassingly bad that. I'm just. I've, there's no point in me dressing it up. I'm just being honest. If you've got that roster at your disposal, you should not be down the bottom of the league. I don't think it's that bad. I don't. I don't think even you think Orlando's roster is that bad. No, I don't. I don't. And um, you know, I, yeah, to be tr- to be tenth when a few weeks ago you were up into fourth and fifth and looking at potentially getting into the playoffs. No, the last few games haven't been good enough. No, I'm with you. I feel sorry for you. I don't understand why. The changes are being made. I don't get it. I don't know where Orlando are trying to go. I don't know what your aims are for this season. But then again, I'm an Atlanta fan, so I don't care. <laughs> just, just, just finally, just finally on this, because because I have tweeted about this. 
and uh, it's going off. Uh, <laughs> um, my my point is that at the start of the season, O'Connor was was maybe not playing Question or not playing Mueller, yeah. and it was because he was saying they're going to have an impact off the bench or we're we're, we're managing their minutes. Uh, and I I went along with that. Apparently the players were doing double sessions. They were going to be super fit. They were going to be going until the ninety fifth, ninety sixth minute every single game. They were going to you know outrun their opponents all over the park. It's not happened, and the rotations carried on. But I've not seen the the. Do you know what I mean? I've not seen the the fruits of the labor in terms mm. of the rotation. We keep rotating, but I'm not seeing I'm not seeing the payoff for it whatsoever. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. Um, so my my point last night on Twitter was that Dwyer, Nanny, and Question have started together three times. That's it. What what point do we stop managing minutes and start trying to manage to get in the playoffs? That's that's simple as that. At MLS UK Show, if you want to have your say on that, it's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Atlanta, as Elliot said, five games, no goals conceded, five wins. They're up to third now, and it's nice to see that after a uh, very poor start, that they seem to be clicking. But Elliot, is that because the Atlanta are playing the similar, you know, pretty much the same team throughout those games? There's only a few changes here and there. I know Barco went out a few games ago, but they are being consistent. Is that? why Atlanta are now pushing up to the top of the table. Well, of course it is. You know, Atlanta had the same the same journey to make to Vancouver as Orlando had to Seattle, effectively. It's, you know, they, both teams left Atlanta to travel, one to Vancouver, one to Seattle. Yeah. There's, there's no need. Atlanta didn't do too much rotation. They've kept the same team. The reason that they're, they're starting to click and starting to gel is because unlike when they were in the Champions League and it was chop change, chop change, He's, you know, De Boer's turned it round. He's, he's got that core eleven. He's managed to rest a few players. Like Pogba came in, impressed. It's given players a break, and then they'll go again at the weekend, and they'll be they'll be strong again, and they'll they'll win again. They will, and that's the difference. He's turned it round. There's a lot of stick on him, but he's turned it around, and it's that core group that keeps playing, keeps playing, keeps playing, wants to wants to do it. If you can't play two games in eight days, you shouldn't be a professional soccer player. Well, uh, I really feel we need to cheer ourselves up right now. Uh, let's look back at the last four or five days in MLS. It's been another great week, uh, kicking off with Vancouver beating Portland 1-0. Uh, good win for Vancouver this, wasn't it? Uh, I... I... I still think that there's more to come from this Vancouver side. Mm. I like I like what they're doing, I like what they're trying to trying to achieve. Realistically, could have maybe got something last night. Yeah, I think one uh, nil. It wasn't a convincing one nil. I think Vancouver could have uh, scraped some from it. But eighth in the table, they've uh, they've pushed themselves up. They sort of grouped together with a load of teams, and you know they're a, a win or two wins away from from getting into the playoffs and consolidating a place there so yeah you, you you don't want to get too too caught up in the exact the exact place that you know they're eighth they're just below the playoff line but within a point of RSL in in seventh um you know not too far three points off Minnesota in sixth and I'm sorry but that gap to Colorado Colorado with two points is mm. just when you look at that western conference that's so poor like we we think New England have been bad in the east two points for Colorado yeah, um, and it didn't help by losing the uh, Rocky Derby at uh, the weekend. RSL went 3-2 uh, win at Colorado. RSL went 2-0 up. Colorado bring it back 2-2. They're in the game, and then they go and uh, lose it. But I need to say, Sam Johnson last week, I know he's been quite prolific for RSL, but last week he said 
on you know publicly, which I was quite surprised about, he said to his teammates, "I need you to pass me the ball." Well, he did. He got the third goal. See, I, I've been criticising Orlando so far on this on this podcast. Their goals, you know, goal ratio is is fairly even. You know, goals scored, goals yeah. against. Colorado's, I, I mean, it's it's frightening. Like it's 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 really really poor. And I, for every goal they've scored, they've conceded two. Well, what do we do? We need a manager. So is is that the main objective, or do we, is it just a complete overhaul? Well, we we like we said last week, we don't think the roster's that bad. It's certainly not a twelfth in the West roster. No, I mean like uh, in the office and stuff like that. I, I, yeah, there's clearly some clearly some issue. It's it's really important that that the right the right managers brought in, but already eight points off. The, after playing what eleven games, yeah, they're, they're eight points off eleventh uh, place. That's that's frightening. It's not clicking, and I know they sacked Anthony Hudson. And to be fair, I don't think the performances since sacking him have been that bad. Um, but it's not they're not getting points, so we need someone in, in my opinion, quick to, to just get the players to gel a bit more. Because it was a, it was a fresh roster. There was a lot of new names. But it's just not clicking. If you think back to what we've said about Atlanta, they've they're not playing amazingly. They're playing well and getting results. Mm. They're not they're not playing that same style. Colorado Rapids fans won't care. They won't care what it looks like. They'll just want at least another point on the board because <laughs> two two points from eleven games not good enough. If they're going to go and play at twelve, they at least want to be on three points. Like let's at least yeah. try and get a point on the board. Don't care how you do it. You know, let's maybe go for a shutout. Let's tr- let's try just go for something. I know it's uh, it's not the most attractive thing to say with MLS to, to get shutouts. You know, this is a very attacking league. But if you get a shutout, you're guaranteed a point. You know, if you concede mm. in three goals, you're not guaranteed anything. So he's got to start at the back for them. Yeah, uh, and SKC are the team above them, and their their goals nineteen four nineteen against. That's very very different. There's a massive gap between SKC, who are in 11th, and by the way, have got like 10-11 injuries, yeah, and is, Colorado, who have got no excuse. No, is that the problem with SKC? Because they've really... I, I mean, SKC naturally are one of the favourites to mm. uh, perhaps get to the MLS Cup final. Um, you know, it's not clicking at the moment. Is it just down to the injuries, or is there more to it? I think, yeah. I and mean, when you look at the injuries... you. There may be more to it, but I think for now we have to wait to see what happens when they get the majority of those players back. There may be a, a, a deeper issue when they come back. They're not going to have all played played with each other enough. You know, they, they have got um, big problems. They're having to. Um, I think they put four players on the bench during the week. That's all they had. That's mm-hmm. all they could do. Um, so I, I think it's likely that when the players come back, that we may be able to hone in on a specific area where where they've got a problem. But for now, I mean, when a team's got that many injuries, you you have to assume that they'd at least be looking at above the playoff line if they had, you know, their best tools available. Uh, they lost to DC one uh, nil at the weekend. Uh, DC then went on in midweek to draw nil nil against Toronto. Elliot, will you please boo Toronto and DC United? Boo. Um, did you catch any of this game? Because Toronto dominated this game. Toronto were uh, Toronto were all over them. It was a really, really weak side fielded by DC. And this again, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm getting up, getting back to. Atlanta grinding out results because they've got good players. DC 
fielded that team last night, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't work out who was going to play where because, you know, trying to find a, a left back, a left winger, you know, someone to play up front, it, you know, rested Rooney. It was an onslaught early on, and you th- there was a. Re- I can't remember it off the top of my head how many shots on target, but it's frightening that yeah. Toronto didn't score. I, th- I this may be wrong, but I'm sure it was over thirty shots that they had. It was something like that, yeah. Um, and so I, I, fair play to them for hanging on, and they're still top of the East, twenty four points. They're a point ahead of Philly. Um, FC Cincinnati after uh, they. <laughs> <laughs> after cock out last week uh, which of course we mentioned uh, many times on episode 11 uh, they got a 2-1 win against Montreal uh, Cincinnati have come out this week and said their priority is to find a GM first before a head coach but I guess if you, your caretaker if your uh, temporary head coach is winning games then it's not as much of an issue is it? Yeah they were criticised for, for getting cock out too quick Um I, I think it's about how you get cock out. I, I think it's about the, the way that it's done rather than um, the fact that, you know, it's only taken them two months to do it. Uh, they they clearly had a plan. They had a plan, get cock out, and to be fair, recipe for success. It is, it's worked for them. Um... Take, take that lesson in life. Uh, we're going to speak to Ronnie uh, later on. He's from Red Bulls, New York, uh, UK. Um, he would have been delighted with Red Bulls beating Dallas 3-1. You, who, uh, your other job means that you have to look at lineups and mm. stuff like that. Um, you were very busy when this lineup got announced for Red Bulls because they seemed to rest the whole team. Yeah, I don't want to go on about resting because I've just done a big rant about it with Orlando, but it's the same principle. What I don't like is they went and got the result. This is the yeah. difference. Fair play because they went and got the result. But at the this, at this start, when I saw that lineup, I just thought, what's the point? It's like waving the white flag, going, oh, we're just going to go there and take the loss. And fair play because I was wrong because they went and won the game. But that amount of rotation is bizarre. And as you know, if that happened over here, there'd be investigations and fines. Um, yeah, over here, do you have to have at least seven, is it? you've got. I, I heard you've got to have at least seven players who played the last game in your squad. Mm, yeah, for like um, cup games and stuff to yeah. prove that you're not just yeah, trying to I get... I it's the league to... as well, because when uh, Harvard Bolton's squad went on strike at the end of the season, <laughs> there, were, uh, there were questions being asked on what we can do. There's um, many questions asked about Bolton all the time. Sure is. Um, to, we've already mentioned Toronto, but last weekend they got beat uh, by Philadelphia Union, who are second in the East. Mm. Philadelphia's run continues. Uh, LA Galaxy versus New York City. I was very surprised about this result, I'll be honest. Latam played, and they lost 2-0. Yeah, first of all, Philadelphia fair play didn't yeah. have didn't have them to be second in the Eastern Conference after uh, ten games or so. Uh, yeah, LA look to be fair, still uh, ahead of where they were last year. They're third in the West, and it's a strong Western Conference. This as well, we've the, you know we've got to remember that. Uh, if you look at the Shield together, they're they're fifth. They're still above Atlanta, um, literally a point off Philadelphia. I, I don't think there's there's any reason for for panic in. Uh, for for Galaxy, you just look for progression, right? Mm. Like, um, you know, finishing in the playoffs gives you a chance at, at MLS Cup. That's the bottom line. MLS Cup is the goal. You got to finish in the playoffs. Um, I, you know, yes, yes, they've got uh, the difference is they've got LAFC in there, and that's the reason why it starts to matter. That's why they start to look and think. Well, actually, it's not just about finishing in that top six or seven. It's about beating LAFC. I think that's that's maybe the issue because LAFC aren't always going to be this good. We know that. 
or as uh, Caleb Porter calls him, the Manchester City of MLS. Uh, did you see those comments? A bit sort of uh, yeah. bit of a jab at them there, but you know, a Man City are winning everything in in England. Not like they've compared them to Bolton, is it? Yeah, exactly. Which I, I really doubt a Caleb Porter would do. I don't. I think he'd have more respect than to do. How that, are you, Colorado? Anything. Colorado Wanderers. <laughs> I think Colorado will win at the moment. Uh, yeah, LAFC, good win at Columbus Crew. Columbus Crew so far this season, the the seventh, so they are in the playoffs technically, but they kind of hit and miss for me. Yeah, uh, what was it, like five losses in a row or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's not... I'll be honest with you, I, ex- I expect... Yeah, that's Orlando standard. I expect better, uh, especially of, of Porter, who I like. Um, obviously, when I first got into MLS, he was at, he was at the Timbers. And I, th- I, 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 I really like the 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 Porter, Columbus marriage, shall we say? And I just think on paper that should be a lot stronger. So, yes, they're still in the playoffs. Yes, they're only a point off Toronto, but level on points with Chicago. You'd have them. You'd you'd want more. You would want more. I think that's fair to say. Do you think that after everything that happened last season with Columbus, and I know Porter weren't there, but do you think it's just that sort of moment of calm? After the the storm, what what I think it is is, do you know when you get caught in the rain and you have to run home, sprint home, and you might be miles, and maybe you need the toilet as well, and it's a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. And you just want to get home and dry, and you walk in, you shut the door, and it's like, ah, oh, ah, oh. yeah. And this is the moment we're in right now, where it's just they just sat there like, ah, oh, in a minute, do it in a minute. Do it in a minute. So we're expecting more from from Columbus. Did they finish higher than seventh? Do you think? It's difficult because I look at DC, who they're not running away with it, but the top Philly have had an incredible start to the season. Atlanta are on a big run of form. Montreal, as we discussed, got a load of home games to play. NYC, Toronto, they're big teams. I, you know, can Columbus jump above any of them? I don't know. I think that's what's great about MLS this year. You mentioned Chicago. They got a 2-0 win against Minnesota. Their run continues. They're doing very well. An update on Chicago's stadium situation coming up in five things a little later on. Oh, good tease. Uh, another club we're going to be talking about in more detail later on, New England Revolution. They won 3-1 against San Jose Earthquakes. Since this game, there's been a lot going on with the Revs, including a defeat to Chelsea in the week. <laughs> And finally, uh, looking back, Seattle... Oh, this is at the weekend, sorry. Seattle won Houston nil. Houston were doing well, so I think this is a really good result for Seattle. Yeah, to be fair, Seattle are always always a solid team. They're always good. Um, Houston have... I don't want to say overachieved. They're the team that I feel like you don't you don't notice sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, they're, they're fourth in the standards. They've hit 20 points already. They're already three ab- above their rivals, Dallas. Uh, Seattle look really, really strong. Um, that then literally two points off LAFC, who who are setting the pace for for both conferences. I uh, I'm, I've been impressed with Seattle. And finally, in the week, Houston men went and drew one one against Portland Timbers. Uh, Fernandez on his debut for Portland with the equaliser. Is this the missing piece for Portland? I hope so because it feels weird that they're down there. Yeah, I don't have an affinity with Portland. I just I've just kind of always seen them doing quite well, and it it does seem bizarre. That, that they're down there um seeing them lose six games out of what 10 11 is is bizarre so yeah i'm i'm hoping for more from from paul i'm hoping to see him kick on uh, i don't know i don't know at the expense of who i'm not sure 
Uh, we're recording this on Thursday, so uh, the LAFC FC Dallas game hasn't happened yet. Uh, we'll do a prediction for that later on. So, where would you like to go next? I think we should bring back a popular feature that I came up with. <laughs> we, I think this is the third or maybe fourth edition of it yeah. uh, in 12 episodes this season. This is a feature we like to call Why Do They? Because as uh, MLS fans here in the UK, a lot of our friends who also like soccer will ask, well, hey, why do you like MLS? And we say it's a great league, try it out. But then when they do try it out, they go, hey, Elliot, Henry, why do they do this? Hmm. So this is a feature we call Why Do They? So I, um, when I was doing my radio show earlier, I saw that Henry was in the studio next door and I ran through and I went, I've got one. I've got one. I, it, like, I've been so... I don't know how I've never thought of this before. I've been so wound up about this um, to the point where the other night I was like, right, we need to investigate this. So I ran through and I said, hey, Henry. Hey, Henry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why do they never, ever, ever kick off on time in MLS? Why is it always sometimes 25 minutes late? Good question, Elliot. And the answer to it is, there's loads of different answers to it. Uh, no one has a specific answer, but having a look on the internet, because I've always wondered this, and I just you just put up with it. Uh, however, these are the answers that I've found. A, TV commercials. Because there's no commercials during the match, they like to cram them in before the game. Uh, there's another one saying fans in other sports, so we're talking NFL, hockey, or whatever. Uh, because the matches are longer that they don't feel they need to actually get in for the start of the game. So they're lingering about outside the game. So it's just to say, this is when we're going to kick off. But secretly, we're going to kick off 10 minutes afterwards so you can get to your seat. Somebody also said that everyone's still outside with the barbecues. Not in uh, not in some uh, MLS uh, teams, yeah. Colorado, thinking of one. Uh, the weather as well can have an influence on it because, of course, uh, there's weather delays all the time. If it's been uh, like lightning somewhere nearby, they've got to wait till it's a certain distance away from the ground before they can kick off. And the last reason was uh, national anthems. We don't have them here in the UK before Premier League games, but in MLS they do, so they've got to get them out of the way. Oh, say can't you say... It takes, like, what, like one minute? It takes one minute to sing that. Yeah, the US anthem is long. It, like the, the, the They need a radio edit. God Save the Queen, I think it's one, sometimes two verses, get it done, get the match on. Yeah, the US one uh, is, is quite, uh, quite long. Uh, so that is this week's Why Do They... The reason that I came up with that, just, want, just, to, just to put you in the picture, mm. I spend my life uh, in this other job waiting for teams to be announced. As soon as the teams are announced, I'll do my best to kind of pick the, the correct formation and uh, etc. And I just it says it's kicking off at 2 o'clock. So at 1 o'clock, I'm like, right, okay, the teams are coming out now. It can be 20 past, half past, still nothing. And I just, it's just bizarre. No other league in the world is like that. So, yeah, that's why, debate. If you've got an actual... Nailed on, full on reason for that. Tweeters at MLS UK show, but they're the reasons that have found. Well, thanks very much, Henry. Hey, Henry. Yeah. If I uh, had a, had another question, a query as to why do they in MLS, how would I ask it? Well, you can ask me or Elliot. You can uh, email Henry or Elliot. Not right. You can email Henry at MLS dot show. Is that is that our email addresses? Yep. Henry at MLS.show or Elliot at MLS.show. 
but not Henry or Elliot at MLS.show. That's not an email address. I'm going to set that up just in case. Someone test that. <laughs> Henry or Elliot at MLS.show. Um, but yeah, email us, tweet us, do whatever you want, let, and we'll try and answer it for you. Let's talk Red Bulls. Yes. Because uh, I've watched quite a lot of Red Bulls uh, this season, and I noticed that there's a uh, Red Bulls UK fan group. Mm-hmm. Uh, always keen to get our DPs on, our designated phoners, uh, and so uh, you've done just that. Yeah, so Ronnie is part of uh, Red Bulls New York UK. Uh, you can get him on Twitter. It's uh, at RBNYUK obviously uh, and i spoke to him earlier on this week because red bulls have had an interesting season really because they started off at the bottom of the conference with atlanta and like atlanta they've pushed on and uh, got some decent results recently uh, so i caught up with him and uh, here's what he had to say the mls uk show right so joining us now on the mls uk show delighted to say ronnie from uh, rbny uk is on the show how are you doing ronnie yeah, i'm very good thank you henry how are you I'm good, thanks. So before we start anything, I just want to know, how long have you been enjoying MLS and why Red Bulls? So I've been watching the MLS for a good like 10, 10 years now, but what it was, it's quite lucky for me, is that I turned on Sky Sports one day, I think it was actually on ESPN back then, and the first game was new at Red Bulls versus Philadelphia Union. Right. And it was near enough as the Red Bulls ground open, and I was just like, wow, really nice ground. So I started watching them. Then I looked at the schedule, and then it was like, oh, they're playing the weekend after as well. So then watched that, and then since then I kind of just followed the New York Red Bulls and fell in love with the club, which is, I thought I'd never do that from across the pond. Uh, so who's your English team then? So I'm an Arsenal fan over here. Oh, I all the Arsenal games as well. So it was quite lucky when T.R. re-signed for him. So yeah. it's a bit like, nice tight in there. Yeah, I mean, you must have been over the moon with that. You're like one of your heroes signing for Red Bulls. Yeah, I was, well, as soon as it cut out, I thought it was a joke of us. Oh, that's good. And then it happened. I was like, oh, I couldn't be better. I can see one of the legends I watched play at Highbury and at the beginning of the Emirates, and then go out to the Red Bulls and then play very well for us out there as well. So I was like, that's brilliant. So a few weeks ago when uh, Henri was being linked with being the manager of Red Bulls, would you have been up for that or are you happy as it is? I was, I'm quite I'm quite happy with Chris Armas at the moment. I think I've got to give him a fair chance. I was a bit too minded with Henri because obviously was at Monaco for a period and it didn't really work out but it's quite hard to be thrown in at Monaco that was playing really poor like they've had the expectations of doing very well so maybe if Armas doesn't work out this season give him I welcome give him a go bring someone who knows the MLS in as well and he'd be able to attract the players as well like big couple of big names or younger players who'd love to play underneath him um, do you think, like, I don't know, players like uh, BWP, for example, is it is that someone that you would like to get in in the future? Just someone so we can look for, you know, look up to because there's not really many people in MLS that someone of the standard of BWP would look up to. But Thierry Henry comes in and suddenly he's like, you've got to look up to him as a striker, right? Yeah, because obviously he played with him at the Red Bulls, and by all accounts, BWP fed off of him. He learned a lot more about the game plan alongside him, so. Even with the young, like Brian White, for example, coming through, if you've got a Thierry Henry who's on the training ground every week and he can teach you them little bits in the game, obviously the odds of them being another Thierry Henry is very low, but if you're learning off one of the greatest strikers to ever do it, it can only be a benefit to the franchise, I would say. Yeah. Um, now, speaking of BWP, of course, he's, um, you know, he's only played six games this season, but one goal, yeah. is something not quite right with him or is he just settling in? I think sounds. I think being notorious in the past for having a bit of a slow start and 
I think obviously with the Connor Catholic, like the games at the beginning of the season, there was a bit of travelling and everything. But I think it's just it's a bit more of an emphasis this season on the whole team as being a unit, and it's not whereas before we was not that we were solely relying on him. But now we've got Brian White, who looks quite good as well. I think maybe it's just a bit of a bit of a period where he's going to have to try and crack through it, but. I'm confident that he's done brilliant for us already, but sure that he'll start playing well soon. Just maybe it's just a confidence thing as well. He's only got the one goal. If he gets another one, in, I think probably one of the up and coming games might get one, then get two, and then hopefully go on the free scoring BWP that we all love and got used to of late. Yeah, I guess uh, he is out of anyone in the league. You're only looking at there's there's a handful of players like BWP where it takes one goal and you've got full confidence that they'll just go on and bang yeah. a load more in. Um, well, recently uh, Red Bulls have had a bit of a resurgence. They found themselves uh, well, you found yourselves at the bottom of the conference with my team Atlanta um, yeah. at the start, but some good results: LA Galaxy and then FC Dallas last weekend. Um, where do you what, what do you think with Red Bulls at the moment? Where where are they where they should be, or are you a bit disappointed? I think the main little bit of a concern is the home form's always been, since obviously Red Bull Arena opened, we've been the strongest team at home in the MLS. And there's been quite a few defeats and a draw so far that, not that I'm worried, but it's obviously just not usual form. But then, I was looking at it, when we were playing LA Galaxy, I was thinking, we've been poor at home and playing arguably one of the best, probably in my eyes, the top two team in the league. Mm. And then pull off a 3-2 victory against them, I was shocked. And the confidence that done for the team, like it's just worked wonders. But then rest, then played again, lost to Montreal Wimpad, which was a shame. But then go to FC Dallas with the ten changes, so it shows great, I think, squad ethic in there, and that no one's think they've got a position now down now because we've got ten players who can come in and do a job. So hopefully, with how the things are going, we see a bit more of an uplift in results coming up. But it's. A bit worrying at Red Bull Arena because we've been so strong and obviously the attendances have suffered quite a bit as well. Mm. That's always going thing, but we've, no matter what happens, we've got the supporter groups behind the goal, ESC and the Viking Army who always make the noise. So it's always going to be a tricky place to go to, but it's maybe just getting that couple of, that LA Galaxy win obviously is big, but then getting another couple of wins at home and getting back on the momentum of teams coming to New Jersey and being well, before they even step on the pitch, they think sometimes that they're already one goal behind, which is a good thing to always have. Uh, do you th- what do you think the issue with that has been? Because you look at uh, I know the newer franchises, lights of Atlanta and LAFC, but when they're you know really uh, you can see the passion in the the crowd, which is the same as what Red Bulls have got uh, mm. with your fans. But looking at it from the UK, is there anything to why we we suddenly like kind of see an empty stadium at the Red Bulls Arena? Yeah, I've been wondering. I've been talking through people in New Jersey. Anything I could think of, maybe because maybe it's just weird because it was normally been good. It's always don't get me wrong. It's always been quite a few empty seats every game, but it's maybe just there's, there's the form has dropped early in the season. They just want to wait for them to start playing well again before they go back in the stadium. But it's always like I say, like especially with Atlanta, when you go to the ground, it's sold out. It, the players in the tunnel can hear the noise and. You kind of ready one step behind the opposition, but hopefully, like if we pull in a couple of wins coming up at home, and then you get a nice like obviously LA Galaxy is always going to have a bit of a crowd because of Zlatan and the players that they have there. But hopefully, 
now obviously beating FC Dallas, if we can win our next game and maybe the next two, they might start coming back in slowly. The crowds, well, we hope so anyway, but it's just a case of maybe the form. I think it's probably got the massive parts to play with the low attendances at the moment. Yeah, uh, well, speaking of home games, it's a big one this weekend. It's the uh, it's a bit of a revenge mission against yeah. Atlanta United. Are you confident that you get three points? Um, not as I'm saying that. I'm probably as confident as well going into the Galaxy game. Obviously, Atlanta suffered as well at the beginning of the season. So it's, I think it's a one of the biggest games. It's, I think might as the biggest game so far is because whoever wins that, if Atlanta comes to Rebel Arena and win, there'll be the confidence they'll get from that. But obviously. When you beat the reigning champions and the team that struggled against of late, it always will pick up the form. I, I could easily see it. It's one of them games. I don't think it would be a high scoring like three four nil either way. It could easily be a, like a, a two one or a score draw. But I think with current form, I think it could. I think it'd be very hard to say that sort of one team's definitely going to win. But obviously, with Joseph Martins at Atlanta, as long as he's fully fit and firing, it's there's always a chance that you're going to lose to Atlanta. So before the game, I'd say I'd take obviously I'd win, but if, if to get the atmosphere back in there, get the people back in the conference among the line, it's a big game. And I think putting my neck out on the line, I'm going to say I think it might just crack it, maybe two one. I think just on the day. Just how big will it be uh, for Red Bulls to win? Because I mean, you look back at last season, Red Bulls, you you had the best regular season of any team in MLS ever. What, what, well, first of all, actually, what was, amongst Red Bulls fans, what's your react when you look back at the legacy of last season, is it positive or is it just a, a hint of negativity because you didn't manage to get to the MLS Cup final? Yeah, I think it's bittersweet. Like, the, like everything leading up to, obviously, the Atlanta Tires was brilliant, playing absolutely exceptional players were on top four. But, at the end of the day, I know obviously it's lovely winning the support shield and all that, but you want the obviously we're the only starting team not to win it, and it's just it's looming over the club a bit that what, you need to win the top prize, and arguably last season was the year to do it. Everyone was playing well. We still had Tyler Adams, but then we come up against a great opposition at the end of the day with obviously Al Moran, who's now at Newcastle and played very well. I thought from Newcastle in the season, and Martins, who's in my eyes one of the best strikers to ever play in the MLS, so. It was it's bittersweet at the end of the day, like brilliant season. But because you didn't take home the top prize, it can never be the amazing season in my eyes personally. Uh, right. Well, before you go, uh, Ronnie, I mean the Red Bulls this season will be doing it from a different sort of angle. Whereas last year you were kind of at the top for the majority of the season, and then got supporters shield and then went in the playoffs uh, quite high. This year is going to be different. Would that? Do you feel you can win the MLS Cup this year? Is that going to be uh, better for the players? I think sometimes it's better to go into the playoffs as the underdogs. When you've got the pressure of everyone expecting you to win, it it can get playing the players' minds where if they're going in, they're thinking, right, we're going to have to play really well to win this game. They can actually up their performances slightly. So obviously we've won the Supporters Shield a couple of times of late and we've gone into the playoffs and we've, obviously not gone on and won it. So maybe going in, maybe at like the fifth seed or something along them lines, sixth seed, that it could actually do uh, have the adverse effect and actually maybe have that extra 10% on the day in the playoffs. So maybe coming from a different angle in the playoffs could help Red Bulls, I think. So can you do it? I'm not as optimistic <laughs> as I was last year, but 
with some of the young players that we've got this with Brian White, Caceres Jr., obviously Tyler Ram's a big miss, if BWP starts scoring, I think we have a chance on our day that we could beat anyone like we did with LA Galaxy. But I think we're, we'll still make the playoffs, I think. And it's going to be a case of will you beat I think it's, whereas last year it was the East with Atlanta and the other Red Bulls, this year the West with LAFC, LA Galaxy is mm. looking very tough. So, but I think if you can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, which has been a bit of a struggle of late, that could give you the confidence to go on and win it. So, I'm hoping. Okay, and finally, Ronnie, before you go, um, of course, we mentioned it before, uh, Red Bulls, New York, UK. Um, if, if there's any Red Bulls fans out there listening to, to this, or uh, especially in the UK, that want to get in touch or want to be part of what you're doing, what's the best place to find you? Um, if you follow us over on Twitter, I'll be NYUK. We have a load of people starting to talk to us, but even if you're not just supporting Red Bulls, we, we fully, I'll fully welcome any MLS UK fan, because... At the end of the day, it's us that we want to try and boost it in the UK. And obviously, the more the merrier at the end of the day. Like, if you're a Red Bulls fan, great, because we can talk through the games. But I think most of us in our supporters group actually watch most of the MLS. So if you want to come in and have a chat about the MLS, feel free, message us or anything, and we'll talk to you. We just want to try and make the MLS a much better game in the UK, to be honest. Elliot Holman, Henry Hewitt. MLS UK show. Ronnie there chatting to Henry. Uh, Ronnie from the Red Bulls New York UK fan group. Uh, always good to chat to uh, any fans, whether you're based in the States, in Canada, uh, in the UK. Uh, if you want to volunteer to be a designated phoner, a DP, um, then uh, drop us a message on Twitter at MLS UK show. Um, right, Henry. Yeah. It's that time. Are we talking five things? Let's do five things. Okay, Elliot, are you ready? You need to get your deepest voice because you're the numbers. <clears throat> one. At number one this week, Seattle Sounders fans, you can vote for your best ever Sounders 11. This is something that the, the club are doing, a campaign uh, celebrating 10 years in MLS. And uh, they're going to be doing it with goalkeepers, then defenders, then midfielders. And then you'll never guess what. Go on. They're going to do it forwards. Amazing. Uh, each one's open for one week, beginning uh, yesterday, as we record this on May 15th. Just go to soundersfc.com forward slash best XI. That's 11. I wonder how many Portland fans are going to, uh, <laughs> going to uh, you know, try and uh, usurp that. Uh, right, are we going to number two? Chicago Fire fans, it may cost over $60 million to buy out the Bridgeview Stadium lease uh, to move stadiums. A lot's been going on with this uh, behind the scenes. Chicago Fire are uh, looking to move. I don't think the, the, the original move, which happened a few years ago, they signed a lease. Bridgeview paid for a lot of the... Um, you know, a lot of building the stadium and now they're looking to move on. Of course, it's, it's getting in the courts and all of that stuff. So uh, hopefully for Chicago Fire, this can be rectified. But the thing is, is that it is actually a football, as well, soccer-specific stadium. It was one of the only ones that was built at the time in the league. So I guess it's not like, an, like MLS aren't pushing them to move. This is their own thing. And it's gonna, but it's going to cost money to get out of the lease. Three... Number three, uh, well, this is good news for LAFC fans, but maybe not Mexican LAFC fans, because Carlos Vela has been excluded from Mexico's Gold Cup roster. 
bit of a surprise, this. This this makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't get it either, because he's been uh, one of LAFC's better players, uh, which is an achievement, because they've all been really good this season, mm. and he's been banging the goals in, but not enough for the Mexican squad. I don't get it, because he's been linked with moves back to Europe, um, you know, much with respect to LAFC, bigger clubs than, than themselves. And I, to me, it just seems... It seems bizarre that they don't. Mexico got a good squad. They don't. They're not good enough to be without him. Surely, um, no, I'd agree because uh, they'll have their usual, their annual. Uh, was it second round or quarterfinals of the yeah. World Cup uh, every four years? Um, but yeah, we'll have to see how they do because they they are naturally one of the favourites for the Gold Cup. And uh, you know, do they need Vea? Do they not? Are they looking forward to the future because he's getting on a bit now? So. Don't know, we'll have to wait and see. But good news for LAFC fans, should, though. Should be in the squad. Four. Number four, Columbus Crew have announced that Jesse Zardes is to become one of their designated players. They've extended his contract to make it a DP contract. Is this the right move, or could they have actually gone out and got uh, another striker from, say, Europe for that spot? Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm confused by this, because he's not... He's not started the season in the sort of form where you're like, need to get this guy signed up. And then he's not been in the sort of form that warrants him asking for more money. So I'm confused by this one. Well, if you look at the last three years, for example, so last year, uh, yes, Sardes played very well. He was the MLS comeback player of the year, uh, 19 goals. The year before with LA Galaxy uh, wasn't as good. And now he's not really started this one flying. So really, you're looking at one season out of three. But, you know, the obvious Keller Porter's obviously got faith in him. And maybe this might, you know, it might give him the added pressure to think, you know, I'm one of the DPs now. I really need to perform. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Not no. convinced. Five. Oof. Uh, we're ending uh, five things on a really positive note. Uh, Chris Adai Atsum, who, yeah. uh, of course, plays for DC. Um, you know, he's back. He's back playing football for DC's. Uh, second team Ludun. and uh, he's after what happened to him you know with the the illness uh, that he's not played in I think 14 months or maybe more than that yeah 15 months 15 months um, it's just incredible for him to come back and he's so inspirational and he like he even said that he was uh, he was tackled he was on the ground and he was like that was the moment where he's like wow I'm really back in this, and I guess normally if you get tackled and the and some of the pitches or some you know the the plastic pitch must really hurt, but for him it must have been like I'm back, yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't mind admitting this. It was emotional watching him. Like every when I work on uh, the DC previews every weekend, I have to list the players that are out through injury, and it just got so depressing just putting mm. a doy out some out 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 out. Every single, every, and you know, just situation remains, you know, uh, as he recovers from his uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. Uh, so to see him back and for me to last weekend be able to say, available, he's available yeah. for selection was, was awesome. Uh, and hopefully uh, there are rumours because DC are playing uh, Real Betis uh, next week. So there's rumours he might be in the squad for that, which would be yeah. um, uh, amazing and a great comeback for him. And he deserves everything he uh, hopefully will get in his career, which will hopefully be uh, lots of uh, success. So that's this week's five things you may have missed in MLS. Now, shall we talk New England Revs, more specifically Bruce Arena? 
Yeah, I feel New England Revolution could have filled a five things you may have missed in MLS, <laughs> uh, the amount that's going on there. Uh, so let's do a bit of a timeline because uh, Brad Friedel was sacked. He was sacked last yeah. Thursday while we were at the uh, Football Blogging Awards, annoyingly. Um, <laughs> and then uh, GM uh, Michael Burns was relieved of his duties yeah. early this week. And then yesterday, was it, as we record this, or was it Tuesday? Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday. Uh, then uh, Bra- you know Bruce Arena fresh from his US national team mm, huge, uh, hugely successful stint with the uh, US national team yep um, he's now back in MLS uh, Elliot what's your thoughts on this uh, look I'm prepared to I'm prepared to give him a go prepared to see how it works out but to me the the thing is re- everything about the revs I don't I don't want to be harsh everything about the revs is, is unfashionable it's uncool even down to their web address which is revolutionsoccer.net <laughs> Like uh, at AOL.net, yeah, you yeah. know, like, come on, the, you know, the, everything needs a little bit of an upgrade, a little bit of a polish with New England. And I just think this was a big opportunity and they, they've let Friedel bring in his own players, which I think has been a mistake. That's a team that, that, that he's built. They've got a big roster full of a lot of average players and it needed a, a big coach to come in. He may be exactly what they need. Because he's going to be sporting director as well, but for me, it just continues their run of unfashionability. Yeah, I, the thing is, for me, I feel sorry for the revolution because they're obviously with a craft group in, and and I know that um, you know their main focus perhaps is with the Patriots in NFL, and, and unsurprisingly, because they're a very successful team, I feel the revolution sometimes get forgotten about, and I think these. These uh, sort of changes is sort of it needs to happen because Brad Friedel, we love him here in the UK. He had a very successful career, but this season's been poor. And it, it, like you've said previously, it doesn't look like he's changing anything. And it just the idea wasn't quite there. Only thing he was changing was the starting eleven, and he clearly had no idea yeah. on his best on his best team. So uh, you know, it's been a clear out. I, Bruce Arena for me, I think this is quite good for Revolution, just because yeah, Bruce Arena is is a, not got a great stock at the moment after what happened with the uh, USMNT, and maybe this is his way in. Not you know, he would never going to sign for LAFC or in Atlanta, but he's, you know, to go down the league a bit and then start again. He can build his own team. He can you know move forward and get his rep back. I think it could be a marriage made in heaven, so I'm really interested to see what's going on here. And in his first game, only lost three nil, which is good. Yeah, well, that team was against it was against Chelsea, so give him some credit. I'm giving Philadelphia the credit if they if they scored six past New England and Chelsea only scored three. What does that tell you? <laughs> Eastern Conference, Philly are coming. Tells you. Uh... You're looking way too much into it. Uh, so, goals from Ross Barkley, he got two, and uh, Giroud, who 3 0 win for Chelsea. I was surprised that they, they brought, especially with the Europa League final next week. It was a strong week. team. Yeah, it was a very strong team. But uh, I was listening to Talk Sport coming into work today, and uh, they were saying, well, um, uh, what's he called? Ruben Loftus Cheek has got injured. Yeah. And they were like, well, why didn't they cancel it? What's the point? And I know the point behind it, you know, was uh, the, charity. the charity and everything, which, to be fair to Chelsea, it was great that they brought a full team over. And maybe getting them out of London and, and sort of concentrating on something else was good for them. We'll have yeah. to see in the Europa League final. But uh, for New England Revolution, I, I don't know. I just think these games are going to be good for their players. It just takes the mind off it. They're playing against uh, some of the best players in the world. 
And, um, you know, it's 3 0 is not an awful result. I like the timing of it because it feels like a pre season game for them and it's kind of a chance to reset. So yeah. I, I like that, but we'll see how they get on this weekend. <laughs> Uh, considering that we have said before that we thought it was going to be a bit of a, a cricket score, uh, what would it, the equivalent be in the US and Canada? Maybe uh, a basketball score, that'd be it. What do you think it'd be a basketball score? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was a good, you know, 3 0 is not bad. Okay, so speaking of how they're going to do at the weekend, shall we get on to the predictions? Yes. You, you've been very quiet on these. Norm, like last year, we didn't hear the end of it because you were winning all the time. I'll be honest with you, um, I've not got around to checking them, so it's on my to-do list to check okay. who's winning every week. Uh, remember, we'd like you can get in touch with your predictions at MLS UK Show. DM us with your predictions for the weekend, because we love to go up against you guys, so uh, don't be afraid to do that. Right, let's kick off the predictions for this week, starting on uh, early Friday morning, 3am here in the UK, LAFC versus FC Dallas. Uh, surely this is a home win, right? Surely. 2-0 LAFC. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-1 LAFC. Uh, Saturday evening, Montreal versus New England Revolution, 6pm. Montreal back at home. New England's first proper game under Bruce Arena. It's going to be a heavy defeat, 3-1. Do you think, have they sorted the beach out yet? Have they sorted the pitch out? Well, Montreal are going to be more comfortable there than anyone. That's true. Um, yeah, there's not many beaches in New England, is there? So. Um, I'm going to go 2-2, actually, for this one. Oh, yeah, OK. Um, RSL, then take on Toronto. This is tough. Yeah. Um, I always trust RSL at home. That's coming from the last few seasons. So I'm going to give them a 3-2 win. I think RSL 2, Toronto 1. Um, half an hour later, unless uh, there's a barbecue on, uh, 8.30, it's San Jose Earthquakes versus Chicago Fire. So both teams, I know San Jose lost last weekend, but both teams performing much better than uh, previously. You ready? You ready? You ready? Three all. Three all? Yeah. Wow. I'm watching that game. Uh, I think it will be, I think the Fire will win 3-1. Probably be nil-nil now. Uh, Philadelphia Union then take on Seattle Sounders 12.30 Sunday morning for us this is tough both teams playing really well I think Seattle are better at home so I'm going to go with I'm going to go 2-0 Philly I'm going to go draw then I'm going to go 1-1 I got bored of waiting for you (laughs) Uh, Minnesota 1 o'clock Sunday morning take on Columbus Crew um, Minnesota at home. Uh, yeah, I think uh, 3-2, Minnesota. Um, 3-0, Minnesota. Houston Dynamo versus DC United. Uh, you'd expect Rooney to be back, right? Yeah, he's had his rest midweek. First game he's not started this season. I think this is going to be one all. 2 2. Mm, okay. Sporting KC versus Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, I think SKC will get back to winning ways. I think it will be 2 0. 1 0 SKC. 8 o'clock Sunday evening, Orlando City versus FC Cincinnati. You know what, Elliot? I think uh, Dwyer will score. I think you'll get back to winning ways. I think it'll be 3 1. 
the Orlando City B team in action against Cincinnati. Oh no, we used them already. The, the C team. Um, do I do it? Do I go bold? Do I go brave? Three one Orlando. Here we go. Oh, stupidity. Uh, Ten p.m. I spoke about this with Ronnie earlier on. It's New York Red Bulls versus Atlanta United. This is a it's a big game. Uh, memories of last season. Mm. I think I think Red Bulls at home will be a bit too strong. I think they'll click. I think it'll be. I actually no. I think it'll be one one. Okay. FC Dallas Monday morning. Well, well, what do you think? Oh. You don't get away with that. Trying one. to get away with it. Um, two two. Okay. Very strange this one because it's FC Dallas versus LAFC Monday morning. <laughs> and uh, they've just played each other on Friday morning. Yeah, so uh, I don't know whether LAFC are just going to travel back with FC Dallas for this one. They're uh, sharing a charter flight. Yeah, very weird. MLS gone, MLS. <laughs> um, I think LAFC will, will win again. I think it'll be 2 1. Yeah, I, I fancy him as well. Uh, Narrow 1-0 away victory. And finally, 1am. This is Monday morning. LA Galaxy versus Colorado Rapids. I'm going to get in there first, and I think it'll be 4-0 <laughs> to LA Galaxy. 3-0 LA Galaxy. Now, put me out of my misery, please. Uh, okay, the player with, of the game with the changing name. Uh, well done if you got it. It's Mike Grella. He played for Leeds. He played for Brentford, Berry, Scunthorpe, and then went to Red Bulls and Columbus Crew. I'm no longer upset with myself that I didn't get it. No chance was I ever going to get that. Uh, right, that's it for this week. If you want to get in touch, at MLS UK Show, that's Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, tweet us with your reactions to this podcast, your predictions for the weekend and, and whatever. And uh, I think there's only one thing left to say, Elliot. Go on. Get in. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.